Hello and welcome to another thrill-packed episode of Superman Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can fly eyes is 1978's Superman the Movie, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Franklin, and joining me on this journey through time and space is... Rob Kelly, and I like pink. <laughs> I just am saying that right at the beginning. <laughs> I have to say, I was going to say that for later. But the color pink never comes up that I don't say, I like pink very much, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody here knows what I'm talking about. But, you know, it's, but, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. You got caught me off guard there for a minute. But, yes, in this episode, we are going to discuss the beginning of Superman and Lois's famous date, one of the most famous sequences in the movie. Uh, this is episode, uh, this episode we discussed minutes 81 through 85 we begin with Superman arriving at Lois's fabulous and somehow affordable terrace, and we end up with him offering to take her for a flight. Uh, so this is pretty exciting stuff. And right off the bat, Superman makes a very nice landing on the roof. Very, you know, of course, Christopher Reeve always very graceful in his landings. And I miss the days when Superman would take off and land without like a damn rocket shooting off with all distortion trails and you know, <laughs> and de- destroying the cement when he lands on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, you know, there, and I like Smallville, but there was that when, when like, you know, so he never flew on there unless he was under the influence of red kryptonite or something. There was that one episode where, you know, he was, he was, it was almost like the kryptonite man or the Krypton man storyline in the comics where he was all, you know, not Clark Kent anymore. It was like Kal-El, hardwired Kryptonian. And, and he took off flying, and it was like this five minutes of this distortion coming out of him before he, you know, as he hunkered down before he shot off in the air. And I'm like, I miss the days when he could just, like, levitate, you know, <laughs> and just, you know, land softly and take off and, and take off forceful when he needed to. But it's not like, he, you know, was shooting out of a tube every time he mm-hmm. took off. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Enough uh, grumpy <laughs> old man fanboy there. Sorry. <laughs> but I, I do love how Lois's voice breaks when she says, hi. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. She's, <laughs> we talked about that a little bit that last time. The, the, the love struck teenager that Lois Lane becomes when, when Superman's around, it's, it's so endearing, you know, and charming. You're just like, she's, it's just like instant puppy love, you know, <laughs> the, way the... They, the way they play it is great because it's, it's Margot Kidder is well, Lois Lane, I should say, is vulnerable, and she knows that she's vulnerable, and Superman knows that she knows she's vulnerable, and he's sort of playing off that. It's really, it's really quite charming. First of all, I think Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder had really good chemistry, uh, mm-hmm. which is remarkable because we've heard some stuff about they didn't get along. You know, th- like they got along just fine on the movie, but it wasn't like they were fast friends. It was, you know, they. She has said in interviews that. Christopher Reeve took it very seriously, and she did not. She she purposely was very irreverent, and he was maybe at times a little put out by that or whatever. Um, obviously, again, they got along because they did a bunch of movies together, and she speaks very highly of him, uh, you know, years later and stuff. But uh, but they there's there's a lot of unspoken flirting going on, which is really cute because I said I mean he's Superman, he has to know he's intimidating, yeah. you know, and yet. And she's, you know, 
she's she's flirty, but yet she sort of covers up because she makes jokes, and it's it's great the way it's it's kind of a really a push and pull kind of dynamic through this whole scene. Yeah, I I really like the the chemistry between them, and I've heard you know I know Margaret Kidder said for instance one time when they were just hanging around in the harness you know for hours while they were setting up things. Uh, to shoot them flying, she like was like reading a book. Yeah, you she know. had like a book down her down her blouse or something that she kept yeah. up there. Yeah, and, and Christopher Reeve was like, "Really? You know, just yeah. you know, because he was trying to stay in character as Superman, and you know, she could just go in and out of Lois, you know, and 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 it, you know, she it was just the different methods, you know, of of their acting, uh, kind of running up against each other, but but yeah, and and of course this scene. Uh, was one of the scenes that uh, that they did the uh, screen test for the, all the the hopeful Lois Lanes. Uh, you can see it on the DVD and the Blu-ray set. Uh, see a very thin pre-workout Christopher Reeve come in in his uh, uh, makeshift Superman costume with his sweaty armpits and uh, <laughs> and uh, and still pull off Superman uh, despite looking like he weighs like 160 pounds soaking wet. You know uh, and uh, and he played against all these different Lois Lane. He played against Dr. Channing. He played against Ann Archer, uh, Leslie Ann Warren, who had played Lois in the TV version of the Broadway musical. Uh, and the best one uh, from all those is Margot Kidder. They had, even in that screen test, you can just tell the way she played it, the way they played off each other. It's no wonder that they said, oh, it's her. Uh, it's right there. I mean, you can see it. I mean, all these other actresses are great actresses who went on to do great things, but Margot Kidder was the best Lois Lane of what I saw. Uh, I don't know. I mean, did, do you feel the same way, Rob, from, from those uh, screen tests? Yeah, I think Stucker Channing just didn't have a whole lot of, I thought, like a whole lot of sexual energy. And Leslie Ann Warren, I frankly, seemed like, and I'm not saying this about the actress, but I'm just saying the way she played it. Leslie had Warren to me plays Lois Lane like she's coked up. I mean, she is just like so, <laughs> you know, I'm like, whoa, all right, slow down, you know. Um, uh, now we know how she can afford her apartment. She's yeah, well, it. exactly, really, yeah. Um, it's funny, I was talking to uh, Pod Dylan executive producer David S. Gutierrez about this scene because we were talking about doing this episode, and he said, why didn't Karen Allen get a shot at this? He's like, that would have been your dream thing to have Karen Allen in this movie. And while Karen Allen would have made, I think, a great Lois Lane, she was probably just a couple of years too young uh, by yeah. the time Superman, because this is the same year as Animal House. And yeah. so she was you just you know, missed it by a couple of years. Obviously, the Marion Ravenwood Karen, uh, Karen Allen would have been a great Lois Lane. But, uh, but I agree. I think they, they got the right one. And Margot Kidder and, and Christopher Reeve had the perfect chemistry. And uh, again, in the commentary track, they talk about, and as you just mentioned, this was one of the big uh, rehearsal scenes. But they said that in the moment where Christopher Reeve jumps off the railing and he says, good evening, Miss Lane. Apparently, the camera operator who was, was, was recording this was standing there with Donner and a bunch of actors had done that scene and it just didn't look right and they thought Reeve nailed it. The way mm-hmm. he looked so comfortable just hopping down in that costume and saying, good evening, Miss Lane. And apparently the camera operator looked at Donner like, I think we got it. And Donner's like, yeah, I think we do too. <laughs> like they knew it in that moment. This is going to be the guy. Yeah, I, it's. I mean, the, the the just the. I mean, like we said, even in the the makeshift costume, you know, not having any, basically any. I mean, he was athletic, so he wasn't like you know. I mean, I, but he was just 
thin and and you know he, but he in that scene yeah i mean he's still he looks like superman who just had a little run in with red kryptonite or something you know <laughs> <Right. that's> just, <laughs> but he still projects superman you know so yeah i can definitely see why this that scene sold him on both actors so yeah, yeah. but getting back into the movie i'm sorry i derailed this there for a minute uh no, you know it's <laughs> i love that superman is so polite you know he you, you can either take him one of two ways. He he says, you know, oh, I, I'm sorry. Did you have plans this evening? You know, <laughs> you know, was did he really think that, or was he like he said, was he playing into the fact that he knew that Lois was dressing up for him? I think he kind of, I think he knew, you know. But but either way, he plays it in such a way to kind of, you know, get the temperature of of what's going on there. I mean, they're they're actively, you know, instantly actively flirting with one another. I think, like you said, it's it's. It's really charming and, and cute, and it, it it makes their romance a lot more believable because, like you said, they took the time, you know, to do this. A lot of a lot of comic book movies, uh, comic book adaptations, you know, they it's almost like it's a formula. You know, it's like okay, we got the hero, the villain, the love interest. You know, uh, and, and in a lot of cases, a lot of times they'll shoehorn a love interest into the movie when they're not even that big a part of the formula like Batman, you know, I mean, Batman's that different love interest, but he really doesn't need one, you know, in his stories. Whereas Lois has always been since action. Number one, a big part of Superman's world. So of course she's necessary, but they take the time to make you understand why these two, you know, why they click, you know, what, you know, they, it's not just said, Oh, well, Lois Lane, Superman's girlfriend, so that's why Superman gets upset. Uh, spoiler alert for the end of the movie. Uh, but, damn it, Chris. Damn it. But, you know, this is why he gets so upset. I mean, you know, because he has this rapport with this woman and and they instantly, you know, I mean, yes, she's awestruck by him, but not so much that she can't talk to him and rib him a little bit about some of the things he says. And it's just it's just uh, it's really well written by Mankiewicz and incredibly well acted and of course well shot and and everything by donner and unsworth and everyone but it's uh it, it sells that whole uh love interest it doesn't feel like it's shoehorned into the movie like a lot of other adaptations have no and, and donner and mako it's really regarded this dynamic as the heart of the movie they they again they i'm gonna keep referring to it and i can't help it but they talk about on the commentary that they thought this is the part of the movie that has to work the most because if it doesn't, the rest falls apart. And they really said that, that that audiences had to hook into these two as a couple, and that would make the whole movie work. And I don't even know if I entirely agree with that because I think that um, they were doing something in terms of Superman achieving a level of special effects that, that had not been seen before. So I don't know if, if this you know, relationship wasn't quite as perfect, but considering what the ending scene will be and the sacrifices he makes, um, I could see it. So, I mean, yeah, they, they, they regarded this as central to the movie is, is their relationship. And I have to say, it's very funny when Superman lands on the thing, he's got kind of a swagger, which is funny because it's like, again, he's got to be self-aware of his swagger. I mean, first of all, he uses his X-ray vision to look into her lungs without asking which is a little a little gutsy and then you'll notice um he walks he walks like upstage and he like like starts looking around her apartment without kind of asking her first 
which is yeah. sort of remarkable. Like, I mean, yeah, the doors are open, and so clearly she's okay with it. But it, but it's he doesn't wait for an invitation. It's not like she says, "Hey, do you want to take a look around or anything? Or do you want to look at my place?" Like he kind of takes that upon himself, which is sort of cocky, which I I enjoy. You see that shot of him in the mirror, kind of looking at the place, and he remarks, "What a nice place she's got." So it's I thought that was funny too. That like he's he's kind of forgetting that he's Superman for a moment. He's just acting like a guy on a date, which is, of course, how can you forget you're Superman? You're standing there in this costume. Well, you know, if you'd been in a fortress for 12 years with your old man, just, you know, yammering on and on about stuff, you'd be, you know, real excited about being on a date, too. You know, That's a, that's a good point, yeah. I guess he probably doesn't have a whole lot of game just yet. Much like myself, I would have been at that age. So, yeah, I guess I can understand that. I don't know, though. I think the S on his chest stands for smooth when he's, she asks him if he's got a girlfriend. He's like, uh, no, I don't, uh, Miss Lane, but uh, if I did, you'd be the first to oh, know. That is, <laughs> oh, he got her with that one. That's that's the line where she's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Super smooth. Yeah, that's he all is, I got. He is flirting big time. It's really funny. <laughs> I think he might have been just looking around her apartment and wondering, how the hell does she afford this? Yeah. You know, I live in a dump at 344 Clinton. Come on. you know. Well, he is sending half his money to his silver-haired mother, so, I mean, that is part of well, it. That's true. Yeah, he can only spend half of his, his salary on himself, so that's yeah. true. He's got a lot of years to make up for, you know, so. <laughs> I, I love where she where she starts asking him the questions, and then he goes, she's like, how big are you? How tall are you? I love that she fits that. <laughs> that's great. I did not get that for years. I did not get the double entendre there. You know, of course, I was a kid, you right, know, right. so. I don't know what age I was when I did, but I was like, oh, <laughs> speaking of not getting something, can I ask you, there's a moment here where she says, how tall are you? And he's six, four, right? Like, okay. Yeah. And then she says, and you weigh, and he says, uh, two, two And her reaction is like two, two I don't get that. What is she marveling about? Is she saying that's not a lot? Is that too much? I don't like, I don't know why that's why she's stunned by that answer. I don't, I don't know. A, a well-built man at six four would probably, you know. Yeah, that's about. Wait, yeah, that right. Yeah, I don't get what that is. Now, of course, we all know from reading Who's Who, Superman actually weighs like I don't know, like six, seven hundred pounds because he's super dense. Uh, they don't establish that in the movie, but I, I've never been able to understand why she, her reaction to that is is what it is. It's like that seems like a pretty standard weight for someone who's six four. The way Superman reacts, so he kind of smiles with that little grin, like, like slightly embarrassed. Yeah. I think she is kind of surprised that he's that, you know, that's like 225 pounds of muscle, you know, basically, so. yeah, maybe, you know, yeah. what, it, what it amounts to. And and I will say this. I've heard people say, uh, in, in speaking of muscle, that, you know, Christopher Reeve, you know, of course he worked. We all know he worked out. David Prowse uh, helped train him. Uh, and I actually talked to David Prowse about that. He came to a comic shop I worked at. And me being the Superman nerd, I asked him more questions about that than Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> I bet he loved that, actually. He did. He did. He actually liked not having to, you know, to have the same questions sure, asked. Sure. Uh, but uh, he was actually, you know, I've heard other people say, oh, they had a little rough time with him. He was a very nice, very nice guy, you know. Uh, I was actually his gopher. Uh, uh, th- uh, those two days he came to the comic shop. So he was he was very nice to us and, and answered Everything we asked him, and he was—he he was just a delight. So, uh, but um, uh, Christopher Reeve is—you know—nowadays when the superhero movies, you know, the guys like Henry Cavill, of course, is very well built, uh, cut, you know, muscular. Uh, but they—the suits they put on them, you know, they're—they're they're made out of material they that that 
they make the suits in a way that like it's not like padding for their muscles so much, but it like defines every muscle in their arms and everything, just like the comic book show. You know, Christopher Reeve's got like spandex, lycra, whatever on. And so like not every muscle bulges out, but that dude was built. You see like things of him working out uh, like from the making of documentary and stuff. Old dude was was pretty cut. So anybody that thinks otherwise, go watch those and you'll see dude's pretty built pretty much like Superman in the comics of the time. You know, I mean, before, you know, roid rage became the, you know, uh, the 90s, you know, extreme musculature took over in comics. Yeah, he's, everybody started looking like He-Man figures. Yeah, exactly. He's built like uh, the comic book Superman. So, yeah, it, so I just I had to throw that in defense of Christopher Reeve in there. quick. <laughs> I, I do like that, um, you know, little things like he pulls the chair out for Lois. Mm-hmm, as, as mm-hmm. sits down, you know, the true gentleman there. That's And, and when he sits down, it, I always like that, that he has to move his cape. You know, it's, 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 he adjusts his cape. You know, they could have cut that out. They could have reshot it. But, but to me, that makes it more real that he has to, you know, he's aware of the cape. He, you know, he has to put it, push it behind him. It, it starts to go over his arm and he pushes it behind him. It, you know, nowadays he, he'd have a CGI cape and they, you know, fix it and post and everything. Uh, but, uh, no, this is a real piece of cloth and, and it reacts the way cloth does. And, and I really like that little, you know, realistic moment there it's yeah. it just adds it just adds a nice little bit of humanity to superman there for a minute you know it's not it's not like kirk allen when they were shooting the movies the ser- movie serial so fast when he lands the cape come over his head and then mm-hmm. he had to pull it back right <laughs> and, and sam katzman's like don't refilm that cut print well, let's go you know <laughs> can i can i say that the that thing about the cape reminds me of many years ago michael keaton uh was on letterman and he was pushing uh, Batman Returns, and the scene they showed was him climbing into the Batmobile, and Letterman, after the clip was over, Letterman made some comment about the cape, and because he said something like what you just said, he's like, oh, nice move, man, with the cape, you got in there, and the cape got in, you like, you got in the car with the cape, and he says, well, he says, they gave me a special cape to wear when I get in the car. Uh, you know, it's like shorter or something, so it doesn't do that thing you were just talking about. Right. And he says, so, so he's like, I have a special car cape. And Letterman just thought that was the funniest thing you ever heard. And he, and he starts laughing. He goes, I think they have Barbie has the same thing. And Michael Keaton just got a good laugh out of that. I thought that was really, really very charming. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's like you think about how few actors in 1978 had to deal with that. I mean, the Three Musketeers from the previous Salt Kind movie. But not many actors were going around wearing capes. So it's like it's 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 really hard to make that look effortless. Christopher Lee was really good at working a cape. Oh, Christopher Lee, uh, of course. He's probably good at talking. Yeah, well, I got the lessons from Christopher Lee, sure. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, but he's about it that I can think of that had a lot of time in a cape during that period. So, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's – and I'm sure I know Superman, they had different capes. Uh, just like Michael Keaton, they had different capes for different things. Some were shorter, some were longer. They had different suits for different, uh, you know, different uses and and things like that. But yeah, I just, I, it's just a little moment, but it just, it kind of helps, uh, it helps sell that, uh, sell the realism of the scene. Yeah, you know, I, great. yeah, it's, <laughs> okay, you know, the the bodily functions bit is also a bit, yeah, sear. <laughs> Than I originally interpreted it as, you know, because they lean in close together, you know, and she's like, do you 
eat, you know, because yeah. you don't know what she's going to say at first. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yes, yes, I do, but I'm hungry, you know. It's like, which, you know, brings in the whole, you know, comic book thing. Sometimes Superman doesn't have to eat, but he likes to eat, so he does, and blah, 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 and all that, all that nerdy stuff. But, uh, but <laughs> one thing, one thing I will say, uh, one of my few nitpicks in this film, Lois asked him if he, if it's true, he can see through anything, and then later if he's totally impervious to paint. Well, if this is his first interview, how would she know this? I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm guessing – I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I was going to ask you if you had a no prize for it. Okay. I do. I do have a no prize for this, and this is just off the top of my, my head here. Uh, but but I'm going to say that you know we, we of course, have been seeing uh, Superman on several adventures that night. Right. And we saw, you know, uh, that he rescued, he stopped the, the crooks on the boat and he stopped the uh, the cat burglar guy. I'm going to say that there was a lot more stuff he did that night that we didn't see. And so these are all the different things that have been collected from witnesses over the night. And I'm going to say somebody said, you know what? Superman did this thing and he told me he can see through walls. Mm. Like that's a, And like you're impervious to pain. Well, how do we know? Well, because the crook hit him with the crowbar. And he yeah. didn't do anything. So I'm going to say that, like, Superman has been out all night doing one thing after the next, and this is the aggregate of all the things they've heard, you know? So that's that's my no prize. I like it. Let's go with it. Okay. <laughs> it go. works for me. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, Tom Mankiewicz, wherever you are. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I do, I do think it's funny that, Lois writes down that he can't see through lead. I, you know, I don't know what's worse that he tell, told her that or that she published it. Of course, she published that it. That was a very dumb move of Clark to reveal one of his weaknesses in a major newspaper. I mean, that's yeah. fake news. I mean, that's just so right. not a smart thing to do. I mean, but, it, you know, it's funny, though, when you think about it, that it make again, if I want to no prize it, like, why would Superman even worry about that? Because what's a supervillain? Right, like, so I mean, you know, this is a universe that doesn't have supervillains. So why would he worry that somebody would try and turn that on him? I get like in a, in the current DC universe, no hero would ever reveal his weakness because there's ten thousand supervillains ready to kill you at a moment's notice. But in in this version of Superman, there is no Lex Luthor. Like he doesn't know who that is. So you know, it's almost like naive. Like oh well, what do I have to worry about telling everybody that I can't see through lead? I'm just handling cat burglars. Not a big deal. Rescue literally rescuing cats from trees. You know, yeah. it's good. <laughs> it's it's good. Good point. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I do think though. You know, Lois, when he asked, she asked, you know, what color underwear am I wearing? Which of course is what we started this episode with. Uh, you know, she asked, "Oh, I'm sorry, I embarrassed you." And he's like, "No, no, no. That's uh, you know, I, I don't know. That's kind of embarrassing. I think to see very it's unprofessional like, for her to ask that." <laughs> yes, yeah, like, what color underwear am I wearing? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't come up in polite conversation too often, you know. Yeah, not terribly, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Lois. <laughs> She's reaching a bit there, I think. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I do like that uh, that uh, when Lois asks him, you know, where he where he hails from, and he you know goes on from another galaxy, you know, Krypton, and she's like, oh, Krypton with the C R I, you know, she's trying to spell it the way Brando pronounced exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is the, that's the one lesson at the fortress he did not follow. He's like, no, Dad, that's not how you say Krypton. You say Kryp- Krypton, not Krypton. What does it matter with you? It's just like your kid, you know, as, as a father, my kids are constantly correcting me when I'm saying something wrong. So, you know, the, you know, Kal-El's like, Dad, clearly it's pronounced Krypton, <laughs> not Krypton. 
you know, it's Krypton, Dad. Will you say it right? Jeez, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing him at the at the bank of the controls at the fortress, and like the one where he keeps talking about how you pronounce Krypton. He just keeps taking it out before it's finished. He's like, "You pronounce the planet as Krip," and he just takes the cube out. And he just, we'll go back to that one later. No, no, no. Dad, dad. <laughs> Yeah, I I do like getting back to the pink question when when Kidder when when Margot Kidder asks you know she asks him if he likes pink. It's so well done because she's it's like she said it without thinking, mm-hmm. and she's got this little jolt she does like oh god did I just say that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and she realizes she's fully entered into this flirting stage. You know she's. Like, you know, beyond the little playful thing, now she's, like, really deep into it. And then, of course, he gives the lie, and I like pink very much, Lois. Uh, and it's uh, <laughs> it's just so cute the way she, you know, she just, she almost looks like, oh, God, I shouldn't have said that. I just, I think it's funny. Uh, and, and then she, you know, she wanders into that love-struck territory again with, you know, why are you? But then she she catches herself, pulls back into reporter mode and says, you know, why are you here? Uh, And, you know, and then, of course, we get the line from Christopher Reeve that uh, we have talked about this before. But, you know, I've always thought this, but I really when I saw there was a clip on VH1's I Love the 70s about Superman, the movie. And, of course, they had, you know, various celebrities of various of A to Z rankings, many Z. Uh, but they had Penn and Teller on there, you know, which would be on Penn and Teller good. And uh, Penn from Penn and Teller uh, said that Reeves' delivery of I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way, he said it might be one of the best bits of acting ever to be on the screen because anybody that could say that line with a straight face and mean it and sell it that way is one hell of an actor, and I agree with him. Oh, completely. Completely. He says it without a trace of irony, but at the same time, he seems to know how ridiculous that might sound, and yet he's still saying it. It's sort of like this weird, yes, I know what I'm saying is square and really out of date for what's going on, but I mean it, and that's what makes it work. That's really what makes that line. Yeah, combined with the I like pink, um, those are two lines that, in the in the hands of another actor, might have just been completely fatal. But uh, right. Reeve just knocks that out of the park. Right. I mean, you know, and, and this is not picking on the late great Adam West in any way, but Batman, his Batman, was a project that was meant to be, uh, uh, a, you know, a parody, a spoof, a, a, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily camp. People argue back and forth. Is it camp? Is it not camp? But anyway, it was meant to appeal to adults as a parody of comic books while it appealed to children as, you know, this straight adventure until they got older and they picked it up. But if he had said those lines, then that would have been, oh, that's Batman being, you know, so square it's funny. Right. You know. Right. But the way Christopher Reeve delivers it in this film, it's it it just sells his complete sincerity and in this cynical world he's found himself in, you know, that he's in to save, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and Lois immediately says, You're gonna end up fighting every elected official in this country. And oh, I'm sure you don't mean that, Miss Lane, you know. I mean and he sells that too. And I mean it's 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 all in how you it's all in how you deliver it. Uh, and he was meant to deliver it one way, and if Adam West, who did say things like that quite often, he was meant to deliver it in another, and it's worked 
for that TV show and that movie based on that TV show uh, in its own way. But Reeve totally sells it. It's a harder to sell it sincerely, really, than it is to sell as a joke, especially post-Vietnam, post-Watergate in the 70s, you know? Mm-hmm. So so uh, it's uh, – I, I think, you know, it's it's – it's it's one of his best uh, best you know definitely one of his best uh, dialogue deliveries as Superman and one of the most important. But he totally he totally nails it, yeah. and uh, that's why he uh, stands above many others who have have, have worn the the cape. <laughs> that's why he got the part. You know what I mean? They knew that this this is just the guy. He, he was the guy that did it. Yeah, and they really. Uh, I can only imagine when he walked in, you know, for the first time, and they probably looked at him, and first of all, he was a tall, handsome guy, like, oh, wow, and then, you know, please let him act, please let him be able to act, and then <laughs> seeing that he could act, and he had done, I mean, he had done a play with Catherine Hepburn before this, so obviously yeah. he could act and stuff, but uh, just, you know, giving somebody those lines and then being able to sell it, it's kind of very similar, we've made this, you've made this comparison before, Chris Evans, is, yes. uh, you know, Chris Evans is able to walk around in a Captain America outfit and not look completely ridiculous. It's because he's selling the ideal, not the literal version. You know, he's not Superman isn't selling Watergate. He's selling the American ideal. And so and that's always kind of never going to go out of style, even when, you know, the, whatever is currently occupying the American government is, uh, let's say, less than inspiring, which was going on in 78 and is going on with Chris Evans. So, you know, yes. they've got that. They've got, they've got a lot of stuff, a lot of, lot, lot to carry on their shoulders. Yes. I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I am definitely in that, you know, and it, we've discussed that many times, but I'm definitely, uh, in the camp of Chris Evans being the modern equivalent of a, of a Christopher Reeve type actor in a Superman type role, you know, no, no offense to, to Henry Cavill, who, most recently has been allowed to act more like the traditional Superman. <laughs> thank goodness. And I, and I did enjoy that a lot. Uh, but you know, Chris Evans across many movies, uh, has, uh, you know, even in a movie trailer, like the infinity war trailer, it's like, you totally just, you're so happy to see that guy and think, Oh, well, thank God. Captain America's here. Cause, mm-hmm. you know, cause he'll straighten this situation out mm-hmm. because he, mm-hmm. you know, he's, because he's played that character that way. It's like, you know, uh, and, you know, it has nothing, like you said, it's completely independent of of what state the country's in, the fact that he represents what America should be and could be is, is you know, that that's, the, that's what both characters are doing. And those two actors pulling those off in the times that they're pulling them off is, is, uh, especially in the times they're pulling them off is, uh, is just another, uh, feather in their cap to say, wow, you, you, you put that guy over and made him popular when he really might not have been, you know, mm-hmm. and they've, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's that, that sincerity is just, uh, uh, just comes through in every, every line and every look and, and every action they do in, in, in their films. And it's, uh, that's that's why uh, you know I I think uh, you know I think Chris Evans if they ever whatever Marvel decides to do with Captain America down the line I don't know if they'll have a new Steve Rogers or they'll have somebody else like uh, Bucky or Falcon take up the mantle or whatever that's I like both those guys that's fine but they're gonna have a hard time finding another Steve Rogers <laughs> yeah true enough it's gonna be like Christopher Reeve with uh, with Superman I think so yeah. but uh, yeah this. Uh, you know, speaking of what Superman says, uh, you know, he never lies. He tells Lois that, you know, of course, like we said, you know, <laughs> yet he, he lives that double life in front of her every day. So, 
that's one for pop psychologists to pick <laughs> up on, you know. So. There's definitely an asterisk next to that sentence. Yeah, I never told you I wasn't Clark Kent. <laughs> Clark Kent never told you he was me. So, right. uh, yeah. Uh, and then, then the scene ends with, uh, you know, Lois asking Superman if, you know, have you ever, you know, how fast do you fly? And he's well, I never timed myself. And then he says, you know, why don't we find out? And he asks her to fly with him. And she begins to walk away and, and he calls her back. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, she's actually like, what are you crazy? You know, she's, you know so I, I like that. That's, you know, even though she's awestruck by this guy, she's still like, oh, come on. You know, you, I can't fly. What are you putting me on? And, she, you know, she starts to walk away from him. And uh, I, I think that's, you know, that again, that adds that, you know, she's not while she's, uh, you know, instantly in love with him to a point. She's not, you know, hanging on every single word. He says she's still like, oh, come on. You know, I I can't fly, you know, and I, I think that's. uh and again, that's just another little moment. I mean, they could have her say, oh, really? Could we go fly? You know, but no, she's like her reaction. is like, no, man, I can't, we can't be. I can't. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's I really like I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. She, she the way she toggles back and forth between as we talked about that love struck schoolgirl and then the hard bitten reporter is is really quite charming. I mean, so this is just as much her scene as it is his. I would imagine it's hard to draw focus when there's a guy dressed as Superman uh, in the same scene as you, uh, but she does a good job of holding her own with him, and that's uh, that again testament to the writing, a testament to her performance. Yep, definitely. And you know, I think it's probably, of course, they the outfit she's got on will make more sense later in the then the next scene we'll cover. But I think that's one reason why, of course, she would dress up to meet Superman, especially if she's interested in him romantically. But I think they put her in a very, you know, designer gown. Uh, so she would stand out more against his, you know, red, yellow, blues, you know, so, so she, she, you know, she, well, she, you know, she looks like a, like a princess or something, uh, you know, waiting on the terrace for him in a lot of ways. As my, as my mom liked to say, an old Italian phrase, Lois had bread to sell. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That was the phrase. Bread to sell. <laughs> Bread to sell. I like it. <laughs> and with that, uh, I think that's a good way to end with it. Okay. You know. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring the hammer down on the episode. Or no, I think that's a perfect way to end because we'll see, you know, if the Superman's buying in the next <laughs> in the next episode. And I, I think he is. I think he is. Yeah, I, I, think think he is. He's, I think he's buying. And it, I'll be interested to talk about this, this next segment because I find amongst – uh, you know, non-comic fans that this next bit, next part of their date is one of the most memorable parts of the movie that they always point out to and everyone really enjoys the general audience, but a lot of comic book diehards yeah, yeah. have some trouble with some of the aspects of it, you know, <laughs> and then you get into the, the physics nerds who have a field day with it. So, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll We'll uh, we'll make our way through it, but uh, I I don't have a whole lot to complain about it. I'll just be honest up front, but uh, but we'll discuss all that next time. <laughs> so that's the end of these five minutes. Uh, you know, I, what what do you think of this this overall? I think we've pretty much covered it, but just uh, final final words on this first part of their date, Rob. It's it's entirely charming, and again, after the the, the bunch of action sequences that we got, and the stuff back at the Daily Planet, and stuff with Luthor, 
uh, it's good to just center the movie on the two main characters, which are, are, are Superman and Lois. So, uh, and the scene plays at a nice length. It's charming. It's fun to watch them flirt. Christopher Reeve looks great. His eyes are like unbelievably blue. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine if you were a woman and you were just seeing him, you're just like, oh my god, just melting. He's just so impossibly handsome and charming, and so it works. It just, it just completely works. Uh, there's nothing again. The part of the reason we're doing this is we love this movie so completely, and yeah, I guess there's little bits and pieces here and there that I might say are not quite as awesome as this, but but uh, for a movie that I, you know, the the main reason I'm coming to this movie is to see Superman do Superman stuff. The idea that they could make a scene where he's sitting at a table just flirting for five minutes and still make it entertaining is that that says a lot about how good this movie is. Right. Yeah. And I think this movie, you know, we, we talked about that before, how this movie has that that uh, cinema magic about it, like that old time movie magic feeling. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, and I think I think the romance between Superman and Lois has that old Hollywood feeling to it. You know, it kind of it kind of feels like the. Uh, the uh, the star-crossed lovers yep. the type thing you know and, yep. and they and they pull that it comes through uh, especially in this this sequence and and then of course the next few minutes as well uh and yeah I, I think i think you're right i mean you know in a movie full of superman action and planets blowing up and and you know flying after missiles and fixing earthquakes and things this is still one of the standout scenes of the movie because it's just very well crafted by everyone involved and so i i think it's uh i think it's a fantastic uh five minutes and we we just i mean i don't know it's just one of those things it's almost perfect we started right at the beginning of the date and now we're almost at the part where the the part where the next part of the date where they actually get to leave the apartment so we almost i don't know how we did that but <laughs> five minutes at a time just worked out that way so it's uh it's it's really fun that it worked out that way. So, uh, so I guess that'll do it for this episode. Uh, be sure to check out our other fine shows on the Fire and Water Podcast Network at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Uh, uh, you want to pimp a few shows there, Rob? Uh, yeah, it's funny that you would say uh, use the word pimp considering what just happened in the two previous episodes of the <laughs> Superman movie. But but yeah, of course, so over on fireandwaterpodcast.com, I co-host the Fire and Water podcast, and I host the Film and Water podcast and Treasury cast, and Chris and I do the Power Records podcast, and I also do Pod Dylan, and coming soon, MASHcast, which is my new exciting show for the Fire and Water Woo-hoo. podcast network. <laughs> <laughs> it was your density. I mean, your destiny. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's both those things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, to the surprise of no one, but everybody is <laughs> e- eagerly anticipated by everyone. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I myself, Chris, host the uh, Supermates podcast with my wife Cindy, Batman Nightcast with Ryan Daly. Uh, Rob and I do power records, as he said, and I occasionally do a where does he get those wonderful toys on Fire and Water Presents. And, you know, we're both all over the network otherwise, too. So so just keep your ear out. I'm sure you'll hear us at some point. Uh, <laughs> thanks, as, <laughs> thanks, as always, to Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson for welcoming us into the Movie by Minute family and allowing us to use the format of Movie by Minute. Uh, be sure to check out all the great Movie by Minute shows at moviesbyminute.com. Uh, join our never-ending battle here next week on Superman Movie Minute. This country is safe again, Superman, thanks to you. No, sir. Don't thank me, Warden. We're all part of the same team. Night. Night.